everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Poliafito, and I'm happy to welcome to Retina Synthesis today, Dr. Pierce Keene, who is consultant ophthalmologist at the Moorfields Eye Hospital and professor of medical artificial intelligence at University College London. Pierce, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Hi, Carmen. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to come and talk to you. You gave a fascinating presentation at Angiogenesis 2022 about the detection and quantification of geographic atrophy using deep learning uh, and OCT. And uh, I thought that our listeners would be intrigued to hear more about this process and, and, and artificial intelligence in general in medical retina. So uh, what, was, what, what did you present? Oh, well, um, so, so I guess um, what I presented at Angiogenesis was some work that uh, myself and a colleague of mine called Constantinus Belaskis at, at Moorfields, where we had developed um, in-house within Moorfields, we had developed an artificial intelligence system that uh, essentially can look, can look at OCT volume scans and can both detect and quantify geographic atrophy on those volume scans and generate some automated measurements of, of GA on those scans. And uh, what was your source material, basically? Uh... Yeah, well, so, so I guess um, the background to this, just to say, is that, um, or if I can digress for a, for a second, is that uh, although I'm not a computer scientist and I'm not an engineer, I've somehow come to find myself leading a multidisciplinary clinical research group that aims to develop and apply AI in healthcare and using ophthalmology as an exemplar. And my first entrance into AI in ophthalmology was through collaboration between Moorfields and the artificial intelligence company DeepMind, whose parent company is, is Google. Now that gave us a lot of expertise in how to aggregate and curate and prepare data sets for the development of AI systems. That was of course working with an industry partner. Now, more recently, what's been exciting <clears throat> is that we've been able to work and develop these systems in-house within more fields without requiring the ability to work with great collaborators such as Google or, or, or startups and so on. And so <clears throat> what happened was we essentially have a number of data scientists working for us within the Moorfields Reading Center. And these would be computer scientists and engineers who would sometimes be master's students or PhD students, or sometimes be, be sort of full-time staff members who are data scientists. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> we were approached by the pharmaceutical company Apellus, probably in back in around 2019, 2020, something like that. And essentially we agreed to work with them to develop this artificial intelligence system and in, in particular using this technique that we call deep learning. And to, to develop that system, uh, they actually supplied us with the, the phase two clinical trial data uh, from their study, the Philly study, mm -hmm. which is this, uh, this study is, as you're very well aware of this complement inhibitor um, for treatment of geographic atrophy. And so they essentially gave us uh, nearly a thousand OCT volumes 
from, from patients with, uh, from about 200 patients with geographic atrophy in this phase two trial. And we use that as the development set. So we use that to develop this uh, deep learning system. <clears throat> and that was focused purely on segmentation of one type, one uh, OCT imaging vendor that was from Heidelberg Engineering. And essentially what we did was we got this data and then within the reading center, we spent a lot of time labeling the data. And so we tried to, um, to prepare the data that was consistent with all the newest nomenclature for geographic atrophy, the, the CAM guidelines that include things like incomplete RPE and outer retinal atrophy and complete RPE and outer retinal atrophy. And so we, we, we trained a model to detect photoreceptor loss, RPE loss, hypertransmission within the choroid, and then to try and bring those things together to essentially delineate the geographic atrophy on the OCT scan. And then the output would be some sort of area in millimeters squared of the geographic atrophy or some sort mm -hmm. of location with respect to the fovea of the geographic atrophy. So we, we developed it on the Philly phase two data. And then we, the, I guess the nice thing about working with at Morefields and working in a reading center is that we were actually able to collect a data set of patients with geographic atrophy in Morefields um, <clears throat> who had had Heidelberg OCT scans done. And so we externally validated the model on that separate data set and uh, sort of proving that it works on a data set that's completely unrelated to the, to the, to the data set that it was trained on. And the great thing was that we got uh, really, really good results so what we were able to do is compare the performance of the AI system versus the consensus grading from a number of human experts within the reading center. And we found that there was almost, almost exact overlap between what the model would delineate as GA and what the human experts would, would delineate as GA. And so what was very exciting then was that we were able to publish that paper in the Lancet Digital Health in September uh, 2019. And of course, now we're thinking about what are the next steps uh, with this work. So what do you, wh where do you see artificial intelligence going in the management of geographic atrophy? So I think, um, I think, I mean, the exciting thing is that we could be on the cusp of treatments um, you know, intravitreal therapies or perhaps even oral therapies that are useful in patients with geographic atrophy. And so I would imagine that the initial use case is, um, is the monitoring of treatment response in some way using, using OCT compared to using a different modality like blue light autofluorescence, which may have some shortcomings in comparison to, to OCT. So I think that's probably the first thing. I think that there's also active research going on both by uh, my collaborator, Konstantinos Balaskis and, and other groups around the world, which is around trying to, um, trying to predict which are the patients that are most likely to progress very quickly using machine learning, and then perhaps target those patients in some way. And so that's, I think, an active research area. But really what I think in the longer term, for me, the promise of artificial intelligence is how can we build, how can we bring world-leading expertise out of very specialized centers 
uh, into the community um, and into you know, more general use. And, and so, for example, in the United Kingdom, um, you know, our optometrists uh, around, around the country typically all now employ OCT scanning as part of their routine assessments. And so maybe there's a chance for us to begin to detect people at a much earlier stage using artificial intelligence and perhaps intervene earlier in some of those patients. Well, I think geographic atrophy is a, a, an important target for AI. It, the, the, the pathology is complex. The patterns are, are difficult to monitor manually and even through a reading yeah. center. And uh, once therapies become available, the number of uh, the, the number of data sets available will increase substantially, and the and the imperative of understanding what's going on will go up a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I sort of feel I still feel that we're we're still as a community somewhat clueless about geographic atrophy. I would say in terms of the different phenotypes of GA. And of course, you know, when you work in a reading center, you'll, you'll see the yeah. obvious things such as patients with star guards who've been labeled as geographic, uh, as AMD, for example, or, you know, other macular dystrophies. But, but actually, um, you know, I'm, uh, I, just in, in our practice in Moorfields, we're just seeing just unusual cases um, of, uh, you know, I had uh, uh, a, a patient just last week who had who, who was uh, you know in their early 60s who had extensive uh, macular pseudodrusen and night vision loss and had been labeled as as dry AMD but I start looking up the literature and there's all these descriptions of this kind of phenotype uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I just think it's fascinating and I feel like we'll learn that there, there are some types of like um, garden variety geographic atrophy due to AMD that the treatments will work well on, but there'll be lots of other types that it, it may not work or will need different different approaches. I, I agree with you. The, the, the phenotypes are, are really very diverse and we don't know if this is one disease or a number of subtypes of a disease. Yeah, yeah. So what else are you working on in terms of artificial intelligence and medical retina and diabetic retinopathy mm. and wet macular degeneration? <clears throat> well, um, yeah, how long have you got? We've got, uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff, but one, one of the things that we're interested in is, um, you know, taking, for example, this GA, GA model that we've created that, okay, so there's, if we want to use that for direct clinical care, that's actually a, quite a long pathway to go through FDA approval. You know, you probably need to work with commercial partners and you need a lot of resources and time to make that something you can use in, in, in patients. And it's one thing to publish in a research paper. It's a very different thing to sort of deploy something at scale. But, but actually, one of the things I'm interested in is what can we do with these AI systems that doesn't that might not require regulatory approval, um, how can we use it to enrich our research? How can we use it for other purposes? And so, as an example, um, we we have built a cloud-based data pipeline at Morefields, such that uh, uh, 
if a patient comes into Morpheus and they have, um, suppose they, they get diagnosed with AMD, they have an OCT, they have visual acuity measurements, they receive an injection, et cetera, that overnight, all of their electronic health record data and their OCT scans will be transferred to the cloud, to a Morpheus cloud, to a research database such that we can use that to develop new AI models or do other scientific studies. And so one of the things that we're, we're doing at the moment is we are just going to run the GA model on our entire Heidelberg OCT database on the whole. And we've got like about 3 million Heidelberg OCT, 3 million Heidelberg scans in total uh, and a significant percentage of those being OCTs. We're just going to run it and then we're going to, uh, the, the labels that it generates will be added to the metadata within the database that we create. Mm-hmm. So we'll essentially enrich the quality of the data set that we have for other AI projects and other research projects. And then it will run on every new patient, every new Heidelberg OCT that comes in, we will do the, the same thing. Now, that's one thing. And we're doing that not just for GA, but we're going to do that for other models as well. So. We have, we've trained models that might do um, assessment of image quality on retinal photographs. And we essentially can just run them on every re- 10 million retinal photographs so that we just know we have an automated measure of the quality of those retinal photographs that we can use for other purposes. Um, uh, and the, 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 the algorithm that we developed between Morpheus and DeepMind, we're also going to do the same with that algorithm. So that's that's the first thing, enriching our data for research. But then the other thing that I'm super excited about is I think that we can use these AI models um, potentially to facilitate clinical trial recruitment or the, ad, ad, the identification of patients for clinical trials. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I, I'm not sure how it is in, in all different US centers, but a lot of the time in, in, um, in the UK and more fields, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty basic the way the trial recruitment works, right? Or the identification of patients for trial works. So it's like, okay, you know, you say, you know, there's some new hot new drug, and Morpheus signs up as a trial site. And the the investigators always say something like, Oh, we've got loads of patients with this disease, but there'll be no problem recruiting for that trial. But then of course, Suddenly, when you start the trial, you find actually it's it's harder than you imagine, and you have like you might have this ad hoc approach where by, where you tell all the the ophthalmologists in the practice, oh, you know, if a patient comes in with with this uh, in, th- that meets these criteria, then you should consider them for this trial, or maybe you put laminated cards up in the clinic rooms, or maybe you send around emails or something like that, or maybe maybe you have a proactive approach where you have um, clinical aisle recruitment staff who, who ahead of time look up billing codes or uh, look up what are the patients coming in next week for the trial and see which of them might be eligible and then kind of approach them. So it's pretty, it's pretty primitive. And so one of the things I'm thinking about is Suppose you have this, you have like a GA model and you've, you're running it on your pipeline. You could just potentially use it to identify every patient, whether current or previous, who the algorithm mm-hmm. thinks has geographic atrophy on your scans. And you don't need FDA approval to that. You just run it, identify all the, the, the you could take the, 
10% most likely cases that the algorithm is dead certain has GA. And then a human would then look at them and see, okay, is this person a good candidate and, and so on and so forth. So we're interested in, in doing that. Now, the, the challenge then is <clears throat> how do you, how do you, if you're a pharmaceutical company and you want to do that at a hundred different trial sites around the world, there's going to, the major blocker to taking an AI, an AI system and then deploying it in that way for that purpose is going to be around data protection, patient privacy, and all of those right. things. Mm-hmm. And so what I mentioned in, in the angiogenesis is that we're working with a startup um, called Bitfound. It's a U- London-based uh, startup uh, founded by the guy who used to be the chief architect for Siri at Apple. And essentially, they do privacy-protecting uh, technologies, in particular federated learning and federated uh, deployment of, of AI systems. And so the idea is you could combine your GA model or your diabetic retinopathy model or whatever, your RVO models with your privacy protecting technologies such that you can go to a trial site in Nebraska, run it, run it on the Heidelberg system there, and there's no leakage of patient data to the model and there's no leakage of intellectual property from the model to the trial site. And then what happens then is uh, within the site to the clinical trial recruitment staff within the site, they would be surfaced some list of patients that might meet the trial criteria. And then perhaps uh, the, the sponsor of the study might get some kind of like summary statement of, Oh, you know, the, the, what is the potential number of cases that could potentially be recruited from that site? If, of course, the site wanted to disclose uh, that, that sort of information. So, yeah, that was kind of a little bit of a like a extended stream of thoughts. But th- those are some of our initial plans. Well, it's exciting. I think uh, geographic atrophy is uh, a great point of access for artificial intelligence. So thank you very much for your time. We look forward to getting you back on retina synthesis in the future. And uh, thank you for your participation. It's, It's my pleasure. I look forward to it.